You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1154. It takes time to build the consistency. It takes time to, you know, work with these property owners, typically about a 90-day cycle from the first day that you talk to somebody to the day that you actually get paid on those deals. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you got to squat up. There's going to be some days that don't go your way. Don't look at stress as a bad thing. Don't waste your time with unmotivated sellers and stay balanced. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. On December 30th, 2022, uh, a Rhino Tribe member posted to the Rhino Tribe Facebook page this post. It started with, I started my wholesale journey last March. The first eight months was a struggle to say the least, but I told myself failure was not an option and kept putting in the work. Fast forward to December and I closed three properties to end the year strong. There's so much I've learned throughout the past nine months. So I'll list a few of the biggest takeaways I've found. That post was from an incredible wholesaler out of Marshfield, Wisconsin. It's my pleasure to introduce to the Rhino Tribe, the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, Trevor Van Kerr. Trevor, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you doing? I am excited to have you on here because we're going to go through this post because I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to, especially in their first 12 months of this business of wholesaling real estate, of really being a real estate investor or really taking action towards that goal and that dream of being a real estate investor and owning a real estate business. You have some incredible things. So I want to start, I'm going to go through each one of these bullet points. There is five of them. And I want you to kind of put some some flesh to the bones of what you were saying here, because I think it's going to help out a lot of people. By the way, guys, Trevor is a full-time mechanical engineer. He's been doing it for four years. He's making the transition from being a mechanical engineer and working for somebody else to working for himself. He's made huge strides as of December and, and keeps building up his pipeline and building up the amount of deals that he's closing. So an incredible journey, but for the first eight months, it was pretty tough. Yeah. And that's why the first one, the first one you have on here is squad up. There's a lot of great people in this industry who have been where you're at and are willing to help you. If you put in the work, you put, if you put in the work in parentheses and bold, all caps, like you were screaming it from the mountaintop. Why, why do you say that? Yeah, man. Cause everybody like, like this is such a tough business. And when you get going, you're looking for somebody to come in and like get you to the success you're looking for. So like you always hear squad up, squad up, squad up. But if you don't have nothing, no problem to solve or no value to bring to somebody, they're not going to stop what they're doing to go make you successful. So it's like when you squad up, in my opinion, I like to have a deal or a problem that, you know, people can collaborate on. Absolutely. And you you said, because this business is so tough, why is this business so tough? I guess it's perspective. It takes a lot of consistency where you don't pick up the phone one time and get the success. You know, some people might, but in my experience, you had to keep going at it day after day after day with no guarantee of the results you were looking for. 
So you just have to go off faith and that can be very daunting and, and draining on, on your attitude. So that that's what I mean when it's tough. It's it's not physically tough. It's not like backbreaking labor. It's just right. mentally challenging. Well, change always is, right? Especially when, you know, if you are used to, I put in this work and I get that check and that check, the receipt is that W-2, you know, the job that you have, the nine to five, you're getting paid on a hourly basis or a salary basis based on the amount of effort you put in. It's much different when you go into the world of being an entrepreneur where you have to create this out of thin air and provide value to the marketplace and nobody's necessarily going to pay you until you have the skills and the opportunities to be able to, you know, put a given up value to the marketplace to get the, you know, of course the, the return of income. So yeah. That's when I started, when I joined the program, you always said you get paid by the amount of value you provide. And I, at first I'm like, what the hell does that mean? How am I providing value? But after doing the deals I've done, every single deal, there was a problem I solved and I was helping somebody in one way or another. So now literally one of my notes is someone needs my help. Go find them. You know, I I read that before I start cold calling because that's what I'm after. I'm not after. I'm just trying to help somebody. Do you have a problem I can solve? Okay, let's take care of it. In 2016, in 2015, I was listening to this exact podcast, Trevor, and I remember Tom Kroll just pounding it and he would say, you know, your income is equal to the amount of value that you provide. So I started like, I had one of those old school Grant Cardone 10X journals and I would write in it every (laughs) single day, my goals. And I would write, it used to be, I'm going to make $10,000 today. I'm going to make $10,000 today. I'm going to make $10,000 today. And then I switched it to, I'm going to provide $10,000 worth of value today. And it was really interesting, kind of the change that you had. And, and also the, the influence of the book, The Go-Giver, really helped me with that and really helped me understand and solidify that if we want to make a million dollars, we have to provide a million dollars worth of value. It's, it's the amount of people that we serve and how well that we serve them is the way that we get paid. Let's go to the number two, what you posted here. There will be days when things won't go your way or you feel defeated. Those are the days that build grit and a hard mindset keep pushing through. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, man. There is a lot of times, right? So I, you know, I work my day job, come home, I take like a 10 minute nap and then I jump on the phones and at like month six, seven, eight, somewhere in there when I wasn't, wasn't hitting, but I was putting the work in, I'd get done calling and I'd go take a shower and I couldn't even think I was just in like such a fog. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm putting the work in. I'm not getting the results. My girlfriend would be talking to me. I, I'd hear her voice, but I wasn't really hearing what what she was saying. I was just like, so in my head, but I didn't give up. You know what I mean? I just kept, okay, well, today wasn't the day. Tomorrow's going to be the day type of thing. And, uh, now was there any distractions? I don't know, man. That's tough to say. I think I was just getting in my head at that point because you see everybody else getting the success. And when you're sitting there down the sidelines, waiting for your turn, it's just like, man, am I not cut out for this? What the heck's going on? Why am I not getting there? But you just start to callous your mind. And like now I just know that's par for the course. There's going to be days that suck, but that's part of it. You know what I mean? And how do you get through days like that? Do you just stop and just say, you know what? I don't have it today. Yeah. Like if I'm in a really piss poor mood, I will not cold call. Sure. Because I know it's not worth my time. But yeah, I just, it's like, well, I put the work in today, but I'm just move on. It's just one of those days. Everyone has a bad day. I'm not going to, you know, 
really beat that into my brain like oh yeah bad day this is how it's going to be forever it's like nope okay it is what it is move on type of thing try again tomorrow Yeah, I had an incredible coach for years. Her name was Kathy Anderson. And she used to, we used to do this every year where she would, we would sit down, we go through the whole year and she goes, okay, put together the perfect schedule, the perfect schedule to hit your financial goals. At the time it was like, I wanted to make 400,000. So we broke it down and how many deals that was, how long it took to get the deals, all the things. Right. And then she goes, okay, great. If you can keep your, if you could stay on your schedule 70% of the time, you're going to blow this goal away. And she was absolutely right. It's just those times. There's going to be 10, 20, 30% of the time where you just don't have it in you. You know what I mean? But it's when those times really stretch out and you start trying to put all of the doubt, distraction, and disappointment in front of those, the three Ds, that really throws us off. And so, yeah, you can have a bad day, but just get past it. Like keep staying focused on the reason that you're doing this. You know what I mean? Keep building up the faith that you can do this. And I think you're a perfect example of of what happens when you do. Your third one, don't look at stress as a bad thing. Use it as an indicator of growth. What stresses you out now will be a breeze in the months to come. Yeah, man. Everyone's so against being uncomfortable. David Goggins really kind of beat this into my mind, but We look at stress as like the enemy, but it's forcing growth. It's your brain, you know, taking on a new challenge. And for instance, when you first start out in this business cold calling, that's really stressful. Now it's like, this is nothing. Filling out your first purchase agreement, talking to a title company, calling up your first probate attorney, like all the stuff's like scary as hell at first go of it. But after you do it once or twice, or, you know, you just uh, keep doing it. It's no longer stressful. So it's like, okay, now let's go find the next thing to stress me out. Because I know that's the next step for growth. And that's just kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I love that. And, and and it keeps popping up in my life that, that saying hard times create strong people, strong people create good times, good times create weak people, and weak people create hard times. I you know, it's an old quote. saying. Yeah, it's an old saying from uh, an author, Michael Hump. But it's absolutely true. And, and I want people to go through the hard times. I want them to go through that challenge. I want them to cross that bridge of faith to fact and close that deal. And sometimes when it happens too easy, Trevor, when it happens in the first eight days, as opposed to the first eight (laughs) months, sometimes you kind of lay back on your efforts and you don't really build all the skills that you need. And you start trying to leverage other people's skills. And if you have the budget, Absolutely. That's what business is all about. You know, at some point you fire yourself from different roles in the business, but I always thought, I always think that it's best to make sure that your business is up, it's profitable, it's running, you know, all the parts of it. And then you start putting people into those positions when the business actually has been profitable, not just because you have a big nest egg of money that you can throw at this business to build it up quickly. I think getting in and and putting in the work and talking to at least a thousand property owners. And that's really the measure marker that I look at is, have you talked to a thousand property owners yourself? If you have, go bananas, do what you want, you know, go hire as many people, go try as many marketing techniques as you can go crazy because you've got the skills. You're, you're not scared of talking to people anymore. You'll be able to take advantage of all the opportunities that come your way because you've had so much experience talking to property owners. But most people, we start this business. We haven't, we haven't talked to anybody about real estate. 
Especially, I mean, you're 23 years old now. You started when you were 22. There probably wasn't a tremendous amount of opportunity for you to speak to people about buying their ugly houses. And so you get really good and you get really comfortable and that takes time and reps. So I love that you put that in there. Next is don't waste your time on unmotivated sellers. Yes, I love this one. You'll know they're motivated when there's a problem you can solve. It's very rewarding to help distressed homeowners through a tough time. Yeah. I got caught in the loop of chasing people in the beginning of who I thought were motivated three months later, just to, to be pissed off essentially when the deal falls apart, because there was never a deal in the first place. So now one of the things like, especially when you're cold calling, a lot of times will be like, yeah, I'm interested in selling at the prices, right? Well, if I hear that, I, okay, what's the right price? Cause it's probably not what I can pay for it type of thing. But the biggest thing I look for Usually it sometimes it takes a little bit to uncover, but like, is there a problem I can solve or like the black swan, you know, what's the pain, what's the motivation. And then yep. that's really kind of what I, I focus in on more than anything to determine if it's worth pursuing or not. Yeah. It's price, speed, convenience, right? Sellers are looking at, they, they can only pick two of those, price, speed, and convenience. And if they want speed and convenience, then they have to understand that they're not going to get the highest price. That's just right. a fact. If they want to get the highest price that they possibly can, put it on the market, get it cleaned up, go through appraisals, go through inspections, go and fix up everything, get it ready to sell so that you can get the most for your properties. But if you want speed and convenience, people that typically, to, to your point, Trevor, people that want speed and convenience, there is a problem. There's a problem. They can't afford to fix up their property. They're behind on their finances and they're about to lose the property. They can't pay their property taxes. They're going through a sticky emotional situation. They inherited a property that they just want to sell off so that everybody can, can get the funds and they don't, they're, they're not in a place to be real estate investors. They just want to sell it off and be done with it. This happens every single second of every single minute of every single day. It is our job to go find the people that are underserved in that market and six to 10% statistically, six to 10% are in distress at all times. And that's who we focus our, our attention on. And the other 90% though, that we talk to Trevor don't need our help. So no. stop wasting their time. Stop wasting our time and look for the people that actually have a problem that you can solve. I love it. The last one that you put on here, the fifth bullet point is balance. It's very easy to get consumed in this industry and neglect relationships. Money won't bring happiness if you lose the people you care about in the process. Yeah, I really got hit with this bug hard where it's hard for me to not constantly be busy. If I'm not busy, I feel like I'm not being productive. So I'm always working or trying to work. And it's easy to all of a sudden stop paying as much time to your girlfriend or visiting the parents or talking with your buddies because all you're thinking about is deals. I mean, it's like a sickness, man. Like there's days, most of the time I wake up, I'm thinking about a deal and I'm going to bed thinking about some sort of deal I'm working on. So I've really been working on segregating time for, okay, me and the girlfriend are going to hang out and I'm going to be present with her. I'm sure. not going to think about the business. I'm not going to, you know, just really separating myself. So that way, you know, everyone doesn't blow me off or get sick of my crap because I'm not giving them any attention. You know what I mean? Yep. Can I give you some advice there? Sure. Uh, yeah. The time that you set aside for this business, block it out, make it sacred time and sprint as fast as you can during that time so that you don't have the guilt 
of hanging out with your girlfriend and going out and, and, and hanging out with friends or doing something social and all those things. Cause that is the plague. The plague is you set aside the time and then you just don't do it. You get creative avoidance and yeah. all of a sudden you're, you're shuffling paperwork or you're doing something else around the house or you're, you know what, let me look up that YouTube thing one more time to see if I really got it down. And let me listen to this podcast one more time before I start taking action. No, when the time is set aside and it is sustainable, it has to be sustainable. That's an important word in our business because everybody's got other responsibilities and relationships and things that they are, they're responsible for. And so you can't just neglect everything because everything then starts falling apart. So during the time, make it sacred time, commit a hundred percent to what you're supposed to be doing. And then when you're done, you've accomplished it. You feel like a winner and then you can go on and do other things in your life. And the other thing is it's a two-edged sword comparison, right? Comparison to others and comparison to where we feel we already should be, right? It's a two-edged sword because it is the seed of success comparison, but I mean, it'll also destroy you. It'll absolutely destroy you. Yeah. You got to really watch where you think you should be and where other people's are, where their businesses are and the success that they have is, and and just focus on what you can control. And that's your daily actions in the time that you've set aside that's sustainable in your life. I struggled with comparing myself to others and where I thought I should be really badly when I first got going. But it's kind of like society nowadays. You go on Facebook and all you see is everybody you know, the good things going on. Same thing with the wholesaling or real estate in general. People don't typically post their failures. Um, So all you're seeing is people closing deals and these massive checks. So it can mess with you if if your mindset's not right, where you're struggling yourself and then you see everyone else succeeding. So yeah, comparing yourself that I don't think there's anything good that comes from that. Maybe on a healthy level, like, okay, my partners and I, we all have goals. So you're kind of comparing yourself in that aspect but your success to where other people's success is. You don't know what their goals are, what their mission is anyways. So yeah, it's kind of silly. Yeah, we're all doing our own thing. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different things floating around in our head. We don't know what's going on with other people. We can only just treat people unbelievably. You know what I mean? But, uh, and, and somebody's probably yelling at me listening to this and watching this because I think the, the line is comparison is the thief of joy, but it's also the seed of greatness. So it's an interesting kind of um, uh, double-edged sword there that you have to really watch. I love it. Let's break down a deal. Let's get past all the of the mindset stuff and the and the past stuff. Let's talk about the exciting stuff. And well, all of that's exciting. I, I love your story and I love the the stuff that you put there. But let's get into the nitty gritty of deals, right? So let's break down a deal. Yeah. So the one I, I got one closing on the twenty third of this month. This one's kind of cool in its own unique way. Uh, For starters, it's up in northern Wisconsin, and there's not much going on up there. I was actually at work, and I pulled up Marketplace on Facebook, and I seen this house for sale. And the number looked good just at first glance, so I messaged the lady. Marketplace where? On Facebook. Facebook Marketplace in north Wisconsin. Northern Wisconsin, yeah, Yeah, just just off the out of a whim. But uh, yeah, so I messaged the lady, and then um, that was on a Wednesday. I couldn't get there till Friday, so I took a day of vacation from work to go on the seller appointment because I knew it was hot and I knew it would probably move pretty quick. And the lady wanted sixty nine thousand for it or seventy thousand, something like that. And my number was like forty five is where I needed to be. And it was like an hour and a half drive from my house. And on the way there, I'm thinking, 
man, I'm not going to get this deal. The house is in really good condition, but whatever, I'm going to go anyways. So I go walk through the house. It's really, really a clean house. The lady was moving for a job and she didn't want to sell it with a realtor. She just wanted to put it on marketplace and, and get it moved quickly. So we went through the property, you know, built up a lot of good rapport, a little minor cosmetic stuff needed with the house. But then we get outside and we're, we're walking around in the backyard and I, I kind of was hinting, I'm like, so I imagine you're probably getting a lot of interest on this property then. I mean, you got it priced pretty reasonably type of thing. And she's like, yeah, I got eight wholesaler or eight investors coming to look at it Monday. And I just had a guy before you look at it before you got here. So I'm like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to get this. But she was at 70 and then I just did a really crazy anchor. I'm like, I'm going to need, or I, I always say like, you're really going to hate me for my number, but I got to be at like 35 on it. And she, she said she couldn't do 35. So I said, okay, well, how close can you get to that number? And then she went from 70 down to 45. And I'm like, holy shit, Jesus. I didn't expect that one. But uh, yeah, so I got it under contract. And then this point, that one was really tough because it was in such a little town in the middle of nowhere. But sure. I ended up finding one through a local RIA, a buyer through a well, local Walk RIA. us through that real quick, Trevor. So you didn't have a lot of cash buyers buying. So what, did you Google Real Estate Investor Association in that area? Yeah, so I go to a local RIA um, about 45 minutes south from where the property is. And I just kind of presented it in person. I also posted it on the Facebook page. And yeah, man. That was good because then people kind of knew what I was doing and I found a buyer. So incredible. And we, and so the what the buyer just reached out. What was it? Was it in person or was it on the website they saw it? They saw it on Facebook, but then they're actually at the RIA too. So I posted it on the Facebook group and then the lady was interested and we were talking. And then she was actually at the RIA, which was that next Monday or Tuesday, whatever awesome. it was. And it was cool. But the reason I liked that deal was, um, I learned a lot from the the power of building rapport because this lady was asking 70,000 and she had eight people come in Monday and a guy that came before me, but just being personable and not picking their house apart and telling them how shitty it is and how much everything's going to cost. I just really tried to understand her situation and build a connection. And I got a crazy discount for that. So that was pretty cool. Why did she want to sell it? She was moving out of state for a job opportunity. So, she and how was the condition of the property? Was it still? I mean, what did did it look like the pictures that you saw on Facebook? Yeah, it was super clean, like new roof, brand new windows, hardwood flooring. It needed some paint and like very minor cosmetic work, but they had stuck money into the house because they didn't ever anticipate leaving, so they were just fixing it up as they went and they lived there for a long time. So the house was like retail market ready, which was super crazy. I couldn't even believe it. And what you, you got it for 45. What'd you sell it for? 55. Yeah. So I made 10 on it. Woo. Hold on a second. <laughs> Incredible. That is Amazing. And I mean, are you finding a lot of opportunities on Facebook marketplace or was this just kind of a random, Hey, I'll check, I'll check the, the marketplace and see what's going on. I'm finding opportunities, but right now it's like a 33%. I've walked three properties off of marketplace and one of them was a deal, but I mean at that, I'll, I'll take that. So the thing I would say with marketplace though, because everybody sees them, you mm-hmm. really got to get to them quick. Like, 
hey, I'll be there tomorrow or I'll be there now. in 20 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to go. Yeah. It's like on market deals. You know, people, people are looking on the MLS. I mean, People see see the MLS way more than Facebook Marketplace, way more than like Craigslist Marketplace, you know. And so when properties hit the market, they either get snatched up really fast or if they sit on the market, they're way overpriced and you have to get a significant yep. discount. So I know a lot of people are going for on-market deals. If you do, my rule of thumb is if it's sitting for over 30 days... Really, if it's sitting over 21 days and it hasn't fallen in and out of under contract with other buyers and in escrow and out of escrow, you offer 50% of what it's listed for. Maybe lower, yeah. depending on the price of the property. But yeah. It's kind of funny. I got a, a good buddy who's actually from central Wisconsin, too, like one town over. He moved out to Arizona and he joined Jamil's program Yep. at the same time I joined TTP. So we've been in this together. Judd, he escrow student. I see the benefit of referrals. That's one thing I'm trying to incorporate now. I love direct to seller, yep. but the idea of having somebody bring me deals, even if it's one deal a year, you know, that's one deal I didn't have to go out and find type of thing. So anytime I have like realtor questions, I always try to reach out to him just because, you know, there's a lot of power in that, I believe. Yeah. And listen, it's a big part. And we talk about it in, in the tribe. You know, you have to build that 30 person uh, referral base that'll send you a deal a year. Just one, just one yeah. deal, but that's an extra 30 deals. And that takes time to build up. It takes time to build a relationship. It takes a lot of reaching out. Hey, do you have anything new for me? Do you have anything coming up that needs a lot of work? I'm looking for something that uh, needs significant investment. Do you have anything else? Do you have anything coming up? And it's over and over and over and over again. And then people just know that you become the cash buyer in their area, whether that be real estate investors, uh, wholesalers, or agents, real estate agents, and they start start sending you deals. And so, yeah, it's a big focus for what we do. I mean, I've been talking about that since 2017 of talking to five agents every single day to, to build up that network of people that'll refer you business. It's powerful. So awesome. How can people get a hold of you, Trevor? Uh, people you love your energy. They love your honesty. They love your uh, experience. Yeah, man. I just try to be real, not sugarcoat things. I'm a pretty intense guy. I'm pretty PG right now, but I'm a pretty intense guy normally. But yeah, Trevor Vancor on Facebook. You can shoot me a text, 715-204-9831. Say it again. One thing I do want to say, if anybody's looking to do deals in Wisconsin, if you can't get a hold of me, another good guy to know would be Josh Weezer. He's in Western Wisconsin. I call him the Jamil of Western Wisconsin. He just seems to have a buyer for everybody, and that's the guy I really enjoy working with. Awesome. Um, so he'll take care of you as well if if I'm not able to. What was that name again? Josh Weezer? Josh Weezer, yo. And what's your number again? My phone number is 715-204-9831. Awesome. Trevor, thank you so much for being on here, man. Thank you so much for participating in the tribe. Thank you so much for sharing your story. A lot of people, when, you know, everybody wants to talk about how they got fast wins and they got there fast and success is easy. And, uh, and you show the truth to it. You know, it takes time. It takes time to build the consistency. It takes time to, you know, work with these property owners, typically about a 90 day cycle from the first day that you talk to somebody to the day that you actually get paid on those deals. And, uh, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you got to squat up. There's going to be some days that don't go your way. Don't look at stress as a bad thing. Don't waste your time with unmotivated sellers and stay balanced. 
I love it, brother. Thank you for being on here. Yeah, thank you, Brent. Awesome. That's it, guys. Uh, If you're interested in joining the most proactive community in real estate investing, if you're looking to go from your first deal all the way to building a seven-figure business that runs mostly without you, uh, check us out at wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com. Check out what the mentorship's all about. Check out what the Rhino Tribe is all about. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call, and uh, I look forward to welcome you into the tribe. And that's it. As always, I encourage you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.